Is mainstream school failing your kids? The pandemic, with all the changes to schooling and daily life, is a moment of opportunity to rethink the educational path that works best for you and for your kids. So the question is, how can we as parents find alternative solutions that aren't necessarily having to do it all ourselves or pay for programs that we can't afford? I'm Jerry Kirk. And I'm Graham Kirk. Join us as we talk with families thriving on their own path We shared practical tips, wins, and challenges they've been through to help you on yours. We interview educational experts and parent entrepreneurs with education solutions for the modern age, so parents wanting a better alternative can make confident, informed choices. Welcome to the Modern Education Movement Podcast. You're ready for change. And so are we. Welcome back to the Modern Education Movement Podcast. Stephanie Ryan is a learning scientist who has dedicated herself to making parents with younger kids more comfortable finding and teaching the science around them. And she recently wrote a new book called Let's Learn About Chemistry, which is all about starting young readers off on a lifelong love of STEM. These days, you can find her, when she's not active with her, her own son, active on the Let's Learn About Science Instagram account. And there she's sharing all kinds of early learning resources for parents, often sharing questions that parents can ask their kids and mistakes of her own that she that she makes along the way. So Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Awesome. Well, you know, I'd love to just start off by just learning a little bit more about your family and, and your background with science. Yeah. So I've always been interested in teaching science. So that's my background just generally for my career. And it really changed when I had a child because it's just so much different than you read in the books. And watching him learn things at the different stages of growth, it helped me think about how to teach science to the public a little better. That little kids are little scientists and he would try something out and then he would fail and then he'd get right back up, do exactly the same and then change one step. And then he'd try it again. And it was just like, oh, okay. If you're thinking this way this young, maybe I can take content that people are a little afraid of and it looks overwhelming. Maybe I can simplify it a little bit more. And I noticed that he sorted his toys, which I mean, all kids do. He sorted by color. His favorite color was orange. And so he put all of his orange toys in a pile. Just curious, how old old is your son? He's four now. Okay. And what's his name? Charlie. Charlie. Awesome. Yeah, he was sorting the toys and I was like, wait a second, sorting is just classifying and most of science at the beginning level is just classifying things into different categories. And it was like, maybe I could do this and maybe little kids could understand this in a different way than we've been trying to approach it. And so I wrote my book and all these activities just easily come out of that thought process of breaking things down to the simplest way you could possibly think of it. And voila, lots of activities on our Let's Learn About Science. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like a lot of the things that maybe typically already are taking place, not recognizing the the connection there to, to science and science principles. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the things I tell parents to do is think things down to the basic, like, is it a solid, a liquid or a gas? And you can do a lot with just that. And so did it change? Is that a physical change or a chemical change? And so like really basic stuff in your home, you can do that. So melting old broken crayons into a new rainbow crayon 
physical change. And just getting you to break stuff down like that, it's fascinating. And then your kids pick that up and in their daily understanding of things, they start to understand a little more. So for example, it's raining, it might get cold and it turns into sleet and then snow. And it's like, oh, it got colder, it froze and the liquid became a solid, but it's still water. And it's like, mind's blown. Yes, that is exactly it. Instead of teaching these separately, he picked that up on its own. Yeah, it's really about instead of talking in the abstract, right? Like something that's just say in, in a book, it's it's looking around and, and seeing it in action, which is really what enables the learning to happen with Absolutely. fun. Absolutely. Yeah. And so kids all have, they're all fascinated by science because I mean, science is fun. And that interest gets lost later because of all the facts we throw at kids and it gets mathematical and complicated. And it's like, at the basic level, though, a lot of the stuff around us can really easily be explained and it's not scary. And so my goal is to help parents realize they actually know a lot more science than they really think they do and that they are qualified to talk to their child about this stuff. <laughs> are you focusing primarily on... Um... Like say parents who want to like be homeschooling and taking a more active role as say like a, a teacher or is this really for, for any parents who just want to foster that love of, of science I and would, learning? I would say at the moment I am, it's for people who are homeschooling because we're all doing that in the pandemic, um, but it's mostly <laughs> Whether for Whether we want anybody. to or not, right? Yeah, I would say it's for anybody, like thinking of even just an activity after school or on a Saturday or I just am trying to make it. I mean, I know I look at the world around me and I see all the concepts that I could do. And I know that that's not normal. That makes me <laughs> really nerdy. But I think that that's something that I could help parents do that. Like, look, I'm going to be baking. How could I turn this into something my kid learns from? And we, we have fun with it. And so I try to just bridge that gap for them and post the activities so that no one has to start and reinvent the wheel from scratch. They can just look at the activity, see how to do it, and then feel more comfortable. Yeah. And what I'm getting from what you're saying too, is a lot of it is just really kind of growing to be more curious about the world or encouraging that, right? To see that, you know, there's perhaps a bit more than meets the eye when you first, like you said, for example, you know, baking something in the kitchen, there's, there's a lot more going on there than perhaps we see on the surface. Yeah, definitely. And it's, not just the curiosity, it's, I know we like to think of chemistry as a lab. You need a lab, you need your goggles, fancy chemicals to like do these experiments that are really complicated, but all you need is baking soda and vinegar and you can pour it in a bowl and have them talk about their observations. Older kids, ask them how you could capture the gas. You put a bottle with a balloon on top and then those should weigh the same because matter is conserved. There's just so much you can do with it. And that's with three things in your house, like that you probably already have in a pandemic if you have a four or five year old. <laughs> so I know that it's overwhelming for parents to think of, wow, I don't think I could do science with them because I just don't know. And it's like, well, that is science and it's a reaction and it's something you could do a hundred times over with like $2 worth of materials and they can learn so many concepts from it. Yeah. So what are some other uh, examples that you found to be particularly um, great examples of, of science at the home or, you know, in the surrounding area where you live? I've got two that stand out that really hit for my four-year-old. One of them was making a rain cloud in a jar using shaving cream and food coloring. And so you put the shaving cream on top of a layer of water. So it's, it's formed a barrier and that's your cloud. 
and then you drip food coloring into it until the food coloring gets into the water. And that's like a cloud getting heavy enough that now it's going to drop its rain droplets. And that hit for my son. And now anytime it starts to rain, he'll go, oh, the rain clouds, they had too much water and it got too heavy and they're letting go of some of it. And like, he's just starting to understand. It is. Yeah. Yeah, And it's that connection. And 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 it's really anchored. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And as a parent, you think like, oh, yeah, whoa, fizzing baking soda or wow, food coloring, you know, and like you're like, that doesn't seem like much. But to him, he asks to do that activity all the time. And like he gets a little better at explaining it each time. And then the other one that really works for us is he likes patterns and finding patterns in everything. And so we started this activity that I call parfait patterns. And all we do is we make a pattern that we want to follow and we label each ingredient that we're going to put in it. And we have to repeat it in that order that he did. And he'll be like, oh, this is a delicious pattern. (laughs) And so, but it helps him with that pattern making. And it's something I was going to do anyway. And it it was entertaining and educational and then healthy. (laughs) Yeah. And I would say too, I was was listening, as I was just listening to you, what, what came to mind is like, these are great bonding times too, right? Like just building that relationship between, you know, parent and, and child doing something fun and informative, but, but also, you know, together, especially like I know for a lot of parents that kind of struggle at times with, you know, screens and, and this and that, you know, or even, you know, given how many things just aren't available right now, you know, these are just like fun together times. Definitely. And I think some of it, again, comes down to just if the parent doesn't feel like they're comfortable with it. Because, you know, you've got parents who are like, oh, math, no. Right. They've got those horror stories from from their (laughs) childhood. Right. Yeah. Looking at boring textbooks and whatever. Totally. Yeah. And I know I have this special like nerdiness about me that I can look at anything in the kitchen and be like, oh, I could turn this into an activity for my kid. And that's not normal. But I would like to help other people put that filter over their glasses and like help them see that too a little bit. But you're right. It's great bonding. And then it's an activity that may have only taken me two minutes to put together, but it ends up taking like 30 minutes to an hour of time with my son where we're talking and we're having fun and enjoying it. So it's definitely more bonding experience and we're learning together. What would you say are some of the key things then for, you know, for parents who have a bit of a phobia or or a fear then what, how do you help them get beyond that? You know, besides providing them with, you know, ideas or things they can do, what, what, maybe more from a mindset perspective, I should say. It's really tricky to change your mindset of when you feel like you're not confident in doing something. But I think of taking a step back and remembering that your child is younger than you and you've lived this life and you do have experiences. So you know that snow is solid water, like you know these things. And so just to remember that you may not be able to write a thesis on what's going on with a vaccine or something, but like you can explain this one thing to your kid, it's really fine. And if you don't know the answer, that's okay. And I know that is a huge generational change because when I was going through school, it was, if you didn't know it, you didn't get your grade. And it's bad to say you don't know something. And now everyone has the world at their fingertips on their phone to ask Siri or Alexa. I have a question. Can we answer it? And it's just normal now to ask other people for information. And it's powerful for your kid to see that you learn as an adult, that you don't know everything, that you need to look something up as well. And you can learn it together. YouTube is a great place to learn together. Watch the video. You can ask anything underscore explained. And then there it is. Yeah. And that's, and that's a great thing to model too, right? It's just 
exploring, trying to find the answers. Like I said, not, not knowing everything. One of my guests once said, learning is always happening, no matter what you're doing. Just doing that, the act of trying to uncover the answers is, is learning in and of itself, besides, you know, whatever Siri tells us. So with your, um, with your books and whatnot, then what sort of things do you have for parents? For the parents, I have built things into the book to help guide them through it. So as a chemist, my first draft of the book was very niche. It was just for chemists who have kids. Um, and my husband, who is not a chemist, he is one of those science enthusiasts that just didn't go into it. And he was like, I would not read this to our son because I don't know the answer. And you didn't provide me the answer. And I was like, oh, I didn't even think of that. That's something I really need to think about. So we did another draft of it to where the parents have the answer in a way that doesn't give the answer to the kid. And so you can say which of these things is not like the other and they can say it. And if they say the right one, you can get into the science. It's off to the side. Or they could say something based on a surface feature, like a color. Or my son sometimes when he was little would say, oh, you can eat these and you can't eat that one. And it had nothing to do with chemistry, but he wasn't wrong. And so I have a note to the parents in the book to those are right answers. As long as you can back up your claim with your evidence, it's not wrong and move on. It doesn't have to be the science answer. And so the book is great to grow with because each time you read it, they might have picked up something else in the world and worked on their mental model a little, and then they're able to find a new feature. Awesome. And you mentioned too, you've, you've had a few mishaps or, or failure stories along the way. Got some, got, got a one or two that you could share with everyone just so they can. I do. Yeah. I'm a perfectionist. And so it's something in my daily life that I work very hard since I've had a child to show when I mess up. It's just so that my son doesn't grow up that way. Just like I be anxious when I'm wrong. And so he really focuses when I'm wrong and he'll get on the front of a video for Instagram and he'll go, finally, this worked. And I'm like, now I have to address it. But we made a fire extinguisher using baking soda and vinegar inside a cup with a straw. And I had my ratio not exact and I should have done the stoichiometry, but I was being lazy and it just sprayed everywhere. It like popped the lid off and got it all over the place. And we were just laughing so hard. Like, look at this mess. <laughs> so I, I posted it as a blooper and I had that happen once with the baking soda and balloon experiment I was talking about. I was live on air doing it for a new station and the balloon got too big and almost popped up. Yeah, I mean that's 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 half the fun, right? What's well, if anything, I would think those those things are uh, what would inspire more learning creativity too, right? Well, they're great teaching moments, yeah. So it's like, well, what did mommy do wrong here? Well, mommy added way too much of one of the ingredients, and we need to actually measure it out a little more precisely. <laughs> I can remember, um, yeah, when my kids were younger, they're all teens now, and. Baking soda, vinegar, those kinds of ingredients were seem to be getting used surprisingly often uh, in different experiments because they were so much fun. Anything else you wanted to share with parents as, as they try to you know, incorporate more, more science uh, possibilities into their, their kids' education? Yeah, just that there's a big genre 
out there of books that aim to do this, uh, to help teach science at an earlier age, to help make sure that we're asking questions a lot as for the children, which anyone who has kids knows kids ask why all the time. But it's kind of like it helps you with the, the next step of that or like, OK, so we know the why, but what's the how? How did it do it? Or we often only stop at the what? Like, what is that? And we don't get into why it happens or how it happens. And so there are a lot of, I mean, there are so many kits out there and products and toys and stuff to sift through. And that's something that I try to help with. I'll feature products sometimes on my Instagram and explain what I think's good. And I don't include things I don't think are good. So I think the biggest piece of advice, and as a parent, I hope it resonates, is don't be afraid to ask for help. Like if it's something you're not feeling comfortable with, find the resource online. I often go to Teachers Pay Teachers to help find content because that's great activities that are you can print out for your kid and make a theme week and stuff like that. But just that and then um, going with your kids' interests. And as a homeschool parent, you know that. Like you don't have to follow a book. So my son's interested in bugs this week. Let's dive head into bugs, you know. Right now he's really into organ systems. He's the only four-year-old I know that likes to draw organs. It's very weird. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely a chip off mom's shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was able to find a puzzle that's actually the human body of the organs. And he like loves putting it together. And so like that's what all we're focusing on right now. And it's not anything you would ever normally do. But if he, if this is the moment he's really interested and wants to learn as much as he can... I'm gonna I'm gonna jump right in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean that's one of the things that I'm I'm really big on as well. Is it's as you point out. I mean, getting knowledge and information it's it's everywhere now. It's not so much about retaining facts and, and that sort of thing, but it's more about the process and the journey. So if your child is into one particular thing right then, then that's where you want to be, and and going through that journey versus wondering whether they need to learn this or learn that. That's a lot less important. Well, and I think as parents, our, our definition of learn is a little different than what I think we need it to be. So I know I went through a shift at the beginning of the pandemic because I am not a preschool teacher <laughs> and I didn't know what to do to fill our days. Like that wasn't my background at the time. And I talked to his preschool teacher and she was like, well, what are you doing with him? And I listed off all the just day to day stuff we do. She goes, that's all learning. And it clicked for me that you're right. He's pouring water. He's mixing things together. He's playing in the mud and like seeing gravity in action when he drops a rock. Like these are all learning activities that that's so different than me doing an experiment with him. You know, like it doesn't have right. to be that way. <laughs> it doesn't have to be this formal, yeah, this, this formal experiment or exercise that you've concocted, right? It's just whatever's happening as part of, you know, daily life. Yeah. And that's something that was really hard for me as, and it shouldn't have been because I'm an educator, but like, I just, for that age level, it clicked. I was like, you're right. We could totally be approaching this in such a different way. And so then our rest of our year was much more fun. I was going to say, yeah, it takes, <laughs> it takes a lot of pressure off, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah. And then one of the things too, is like in homeschooling, when you have an off day, like kids are little humans, like they also have emotions that sometimes they need a, a mental health day off. And I used to feel like movies were a bad thing, you know, like, oh, no, we're watching something on a screen. And it's but if you use the movie in the right way, it's also learning. 
So, like, Charlie learned a lot of emotions from Pixar's Inside Out, like, understanding what all the different emotions were. And we did an activity with water beads where those were the emotion memories. And, like, he was able to do that. And it, like, just really clicked for him. And so screen time doesn't even have to be bad. Like, you can really pull a lot of stuff out of things if you're looking for it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the key, right, is, is anything has the opportunity to be helpful and, and nourishing if you're looking for it. So, well, most things anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Great. Well, this has been really awesome, Stephanie. Where can people, you know, find your, your book and or just, you know, connect with you if they have questions or want to learn more? Yeah, the best place to catch me if they have questions or just want to follow our daily adventures that we post it is Let's Learn About Science on Instagram. And then the book is found on Amazon anywhere in the world. And the ebook is only 99 cents so that it's really affordable for anyone to get a copy of it. And then the physical book is also on Amazon. Nice. Okay. And we'll, we'll include links in the, the show notes so people can find them there as well. So awesome. Great, Stephanie. It's really a pleasure to meet you and uh, learn about your, your son, Charles, and um, have a wonderful rest of the day and, and hopefully... Uh, can all be outside more and enjoying uh, life through the lens of science. Yes. <laughs>